All right. We've been talking last week about uh, being filled. And I started last week talking about how that I had, that I was full of it. (laughs) But so are you. And we went through all that. And the truth, my point was that we're all full of something. We're all full of something. And um, uh, Aiden, do you happen to have those photos, bud? Can you put one of them up, bro? Okay, can you go to another one? Oh, I'm not sure that's not even one of them. Is it? There you go. Just making a point. You ever been out to the, to the transfer site out here at the, the dump here? We're full of something. I'm not saying you're full. Anybody's full of that, but I'm just saying. We choose what we're... Go to the next one there. There you go. That's better. But the truth is, in a sense, I guess my thought was that kind of represents the past. Those of you, they're beautiful on the ground. They're great memories. They're great, all that. But the truth is, I don't want to be just full. I, I Listen, I'm full of memories. I am. If you can ask my kids, we go down, or my wife, or anybody that's ever driven with me anywhere, I'll tell you a story about everywhere I've been. And next time, it'll be a different story, or the same one, but it's told in a different way, with different people. So, you know, we can be full of, you know, just the past, or go to the next one there, Aiden. Thank you. We can be full of fresh, refreshing, overflowing. That's what God wants. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be refreshed and refreshing, not just be refreshed. He wants that. You know, it's really pretty hard to refresh anyone else when we're not. And so, you know, it's, it's really, really important um, for us to take a big drink or to take a, a new a new stand, a new grip or whatever you want to call it, to, to just be filled and to continually be filled with the freshness of God, the freshness of his love and the freshness of his mercy. You know when you find uh, people who have a hard time forgiving that have been living as believers and Christians and they get offended and they get hurt? You know why they have a hard time forgiving? Because they have allowed something inside of them that's not forgiveness. It's, it's a hurt, it's unforgiveness, or whatever it is. And so God wants us to continually do an inventory of our life. And nobody can do that. You know, you know what makes us mad? When others do inventory on our life. <laughs> that makes us mad. Oh, what are, you, are you, what are you supposed to be telling me? What about you? And then it turns into a big fight. And so, you know, for us, we need to be uh, living clean and pure and fresh as far as with the spirit of God and the things of God overflowing in our lives. Psalm chapter one, I'm going to read uh, three verses here, beginning in verse one, Psalm one, one through three. It says, blessed is the man. Let's stop there a second. I'm not going to preach every line, but I'm just going to stop here a second. Blessed is the man. We all like to say that we're blessed. We love to say we're blessed and we are. But, you know, if you were to go into, oh, I don't know, if you were going to, uh, go, go into Walmart or go into wherever, and you were to, you know, go in and you get a bunch of groceries, bags of groceries, and you go to the, you go to the front door, and they say, oh, no, sir, you have to pay for that. Oh, no, I have the money. The money is in my account. Well, why don't you just slip right over there and slide your card and pay for it? Oh, no, no, you don't get it. Here's, here's my point is this. We might be blessed, but if we're not appropriate, if we're not taking it, if it's not working, if no one can see it, because I could walk right out that door and that person would go, wow, they said they have the money. I didn't see it. What good is it to be blessed 
if no one can see it. And blessing is not about money. It includes money. How do you like it? Includes. You like that? I'm going through the change of life again. I don't know. It includes money, but it's not really about money. Because I know people, and you do too, we've seen them our whole lives that have lots of money and they're not living a blessed life because they have no peace. They have no joy. They have no, they don't really love anyone. They think everyone's after their money and that's a miserable way to live. Now listen, you know what I want? I want to have all that money and all that blessing in that respect and then, but also, but I want to have the, the character the, the, the fruit of the Spirit inside of me that helps me uh, to walk it out. Because if, if someone only knows or thinks you're blessed because they see your wallet, then they're really wrong. That's a wrong indicator. That's not a, an indicator of being blessed. I heard this thing the other day. Uh, I think it was uh, Ramsey, Dave Ramsey. And he made a comment. And he said, uh, he says, the new status symbol for success in this country is no longer the BMW. It's a paid-off mortgage. Now, my deal is, I'm not, I'm not saying good, bad, indifferent. I'm just saying, that's what I want. Would you rather have a house paid off or a, driving a BMW? Both. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, so I'm, just start, I'm stopping there just for a second to pause because I thought about that uh, this week. Thought about that a lot this morning. Blessed is the man... Blessed is the man, and then he goes on, and he says, who, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the path of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And I like to say his fruit in his season. And I'll tell you why in just a second, because we're going to read another verse here that ties in with this. That brings forth his fruit in his season, whose whose leaf also does not wither, and whoever, whatever he does, shall prosper. You know, I think we have to really stop and consider a couple of things. What are we full of? And we can go back and put these things up, and we can put all kinds of things up there. I could put electronics I could put all kinds of stuff up there. Am I full of this? Am I full of that? And I'm not saying that in itself, any of that stuff, except for the dump one, is bad. I'm just saying, God wants us to be filled to overflowing with that which we can help others with, which helps those that live around us. Uh, So with that verse, those three verses, blessed is the man that, that, that uh, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the seat of, or sits in the seat of sinners or stands in the seat of a uh, scornful. Um, basically, my, my thought on this is this, that the world needs you, the church. The world needs us to prosper. And I am not, if I have, I'm, I'm not talking about money. That'll happen if we live according to the plans and the purposes and the ways of God. But the world needs us to prosper. The world needs us to be fruitful. The world needs us to flourish. The world needs us to produce fruit. I don't know why I take these off. I can't see nothing without them. In other words, the world needs us to be filled. 
And you might be thinking, man, that's a pretty big load, isn't it? That's our job. Last week we talked about what's the, what's the job? What's our job? What's our, our, our reason and our purpose to, to be in Christ? It's to be transformed. We talked about that last week. It's to be con- transformed and not conformed to the to this, uh, world systems. But it's also to produce fruit. We can claim all day long that we are blessed. And we might have an account full of whatever it is. I mean, let's go back to money. For We might have an account full of money. But I tell you now, and I know they're coming up with different ways to do it. But if you don't have that little card you can insert or swipe or whatever, you're just as broke as the next guy at that moment. You don't, if, you're, if the bank's closed and you don't, can't get to your money, you don't have any little special pen number you can put in, you're just as broke as the next person. And it's the same exact thing, I believe, with the things of God. See, we can say, oh, no, in Christ they have all spiritual blessings. That's all great and fine. But God wants us to walk in it. He wants us to live in it. So I suppose it's not strange, probably, that maybe I'm talking about this right now. But here's the thing. We're carriers of hope and life. That's who we are. We're carriers of hope and life as the church. And so, you know, if, if I were the enemy, you know what I would want to do? If I were fighting for the souls of men, if I were fighting for control of, of all things, my number one target and my number one enemy, my number one place that I would be aiming all of my effort to destroy would be the church. Because this is where hope comes from. Through God, God puts hope in us. We are carriers. We are people that live our lives shining and loving and and showing the world what can be. And not just showing them, telling them. You know, for years, um, years ago, we I, I taught a, that was a long time ago, obviously, but taught a class called uh, the Glad Tidings School of Evangelism. And man, I'm telling you, I love that class. And while I was teaching it, all I wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. Man, I'd go to McDonald's, I'd go to wherever, and I wanted to find an opportunity to, to just talk to them about, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Hey, do you, and see, it might start with, do you have a church family? Do you have a church that you go to? Hey, and then eventually work it up to, hey, have you put your faith in Christ? You know, I loved doing that back in those days. It was easy, you know why? Because I was filling myself to overflowing with that because I was teaching it to other people. I was teaching it to different classes, teaching it to the young people back when. And so here's the thing. If you want to know how to get a passion and a burden and a desire uh, to, to, to share the gospel, you got to be filled. What's the second verse here say? It says, uh, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night, day and night. Day and night. I think some people meditate in, the, in God's word to find out what it is that they need. I need this. And that's nothing wrong with that. But we, we're also supposed to meditate in the law because our job is to share Christ, to share the message of God's hope. And Isaiah 61, I'm just going to read three verses here, but I'm going to focus pretty much on verse 3. But this is the New King James, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus read in Luke 4. When, when Jesus went into the temple, he took the scroll and he opened it up. And after he read this, he said, this day, this is fulfilled in your ears. So let me just read it when Isaiah said this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. 
I used to be poor, and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about in my soul. The opening of prison doors to those who are bound. I used to be a captive, and I used to be bound. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison doors to, the, to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. I have had seasons of mourning. All of us go through those times. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Every single one of those thoughts right there are worthy of a week's worth of meditation. What does that look like? What does the, what does the oil of joy for, for, for mourning look like? It's not a fakey, you know, fakey smile. It's somehow rejoicing, learning to rejoice instead of waiting for joy to come, we rejoice. Uh, that's, like I said, that's a week's worth of meditation, worthy of a week's worth of meditation on every one of those things. And then he says, he's talking about those that, that the Lord is setting free and those that who are bro- were brokenhearted, are brokenhearted, those that are captives and bound and, and all those that mourn, he says, they shall be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I'm looking at a forest, or at least a grove. <laughs> I'm looking at trees of righteousness. And see, I think some people think, oh, you know, I, I, I can't do that because that's just not who I am. That's who you are if you're in Christ. You're a tree of righteousness. And when we say righteousness, that means that we do everything right and we don't do anything wrong. No, it means we live to honor God. We live to represent the kingdom well. We live to be filled with hope and life because when we go out into this world, when we go to our workplace, when we get among peoples that, that maybe don't know uh, Christ, they need to see something different in us. And I believe they already do. I believe they already do. But what we have to do is we have to know that we're filled to overflowing because I could go back and put those pictures back up and say, what are they seeing in me? Look, this is a crazy season right now. And, and I don't just mean with all this COVID stuff. I'm just talking about it's a crazy season uh, in, in people's lives for so many different reasons. And there's so many different things going on. We can allow ourselves to become filled with, with sadness we can allow ourselves to become filled with hurts. We can allow ourselves to be filled with frustrations and angers. And, and you know, especially, man, you got 40-some days to the election, and we're being overwhelmed with so much crud. You might say, that's not crud. My friend, let me tell you right now. If our diet is, is, is only political stuff, we're in trouble. We wake up mad, we go to bed mad. We go to work mad, we come home mad. And we're not really sure why. Because people disagree with me. Well, it's like, I don't really care if people agree or disagree with me. I want to agree with God. That's all. And now, now would be my segue into saying, and the reason they need to agree with me is because I believe with this party, I ain't going there. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, if we know 
what it is that God wants and we're filled with that righteousness that he has, then you know what? The spirit of God will speak to us and lead us and guide us and help us to know how to live and how to walk and how to vote and how to respond to people, how to respond to the circumstances and situations. God wants us to be filled And like I said before, the world needs the church to be filled to overflowing. Because if we're filled to overflowing, then we can offer love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And I'm sure I missed some. So I'll make up a few others later. (laughs) But I'm just saying that if we can offer that rather than an opinion. I don't, do I have an opinion? I have to leave it in my office when I leave, when I come up here. I am an opinionated person like, like many, many of you opinionated. So trees of righteousness, God purposely, when you plant trees, now I, when we planted the, prop, the, the trees on this property, I'll just say, it wasn't really well thought out in my opinion 40 years later. <laughs> Just because we didn't know that the roots were going to tear this up and the roots were going to do that and it was going to drop and they were going to, and it was going to, and they were going to, we didn't really know. And so obviously out here in the courtyard, we've taken out one, two, three, four, five. We've taken out five trees just in the courtyard and then some out here. Because the thing is, is we planted them because we wanted shade. But I want you to know God, when God plants a tree of righteousness, There's a purpose. And the purpose is not just to be a shade tree. I want to be a shade tree to those that need shade and a rest. But also, we're fruit trees. That's what we are. We're fruit trees. And so when when God plants uh, his trees of righteousness, he plants them purposely, purposefully. You, there's a purpose in your life, in your location, in your, uh, where you are and what God's called you to. There's a purpose. And it's not just to exist, to create whatever it is that around us, people might think, well, you maybe could do this. There's a purpose. And it might be to produce fruit. It might be to give shade or protection. I don't know, you know. It might be to to do all kinds of things. Natural trees, they convert uh, carbon dioxide to oxygen. Man, that's, I think in a lot of respects, we convert hopelessness to hope. We convert sadness to joy if we can bring that life that's inside of us into the environment that we live in. We bring peace to turmoil. That's what we bring. Because we are The tree, we have the planting of the Lord, the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. But what are we full of? You know, living here in the desert, we we understand the value of a tree. (laughs) You know, shade. But say you're out in the middle of a desert. You've seen this in movies, you know. And, and you're, you're driving, and, and you can even do it out here sometimes. And you're driving, and you off in the distance, you see like a cluster of trees. And you're going, what's that? Well, I don't know, but there's got to be water over there. And as you drive by or you drive to it, you know what we call that? An oasis. That's what the church is. 
in a desert, dry, miserable world in so many different ways, we are to be an oasis that when people see us, when the people are around us, they can be nourished. The world needs us to flourish, church, and we are. But I want to encourage, see, here's the thing. Right now, here we are, September the 20th, it's going to be 106 degrees. Sorry I had to bring that up right now. But I mean, the thing is, is you know what we're waiting for? We're waiting for a break. We're waiting for the weather to break so that it's dropping down to maybe, you know, I'm telling you what, a 95 degree, degree day looks amazing to me. You know, it just, when it drops down and it gets cooler, that's what we're waiting for in the natural. But let me tell you what the world's waiting for, and maybe we don't even know it. It's waiting for the sons of righteousness, the daughters of righteousness, the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. They don't even maybe know it. But when we show up on the scene, let's make sure that we're offering something that brings peace instead of turmoil. We're bringing a bucket of water instead of a bucket of gas to the party. Because every party has somebody's got a match, you know? And if we can come with a bucket of water, we can put the fire out and bring some refreshing. And the only way we can do that is if we have that inside of us. So an oasis is what I believe that we are as a church to the world. We're an oasis. Living in extreme conditions, bringing hope and life. And let me, one more verse, and then I'll finish this morning. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. So, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times with work or with, uh, I don't know, family gatherings and whatnot, maybe we get to those places and, and we're, and it's like, it just starts up, man. It just, somebody brings the match and somebody else brings the gas and then it's burning before the day gets started and it's turmoil and it's burning with, 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 with misery and, and sadness. And listen, there've been times I've brought the match, Okay. I'm just saying we all have been there. So this verse here, let me, see, let me read this. Luke 6, 37 and 38 says, Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it. Everybody say it. Give and it. It doesn't say money. It can be money. Give and it will be given back. What is it? Whatever you give, whatever you sow, whatever you bring to the party, <laughs> whatever you bring to the conversation, whatever you bring to the workplace, give and it will be given back. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. I'm probably using a different translation. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. For with the measure that you use, if you, and see, can you put the, those photos back up here? Put the first one up there. I like the first one because I love going to the dump. Yeah. Because this is like the place I drop my stuff and leave it. I don't go back to get it. Give and it will be given back. Well, if you drop it at the dump, it doesn't come back. But if you take it to your neighbor, if you take it to your workplace, if you take it to the environment that's supposed to be, we're supposed to be life-giving trees and, and uh, you know, trees of, of, of righteousness, if we're taking, why would we do that? Well, we wouldn't do it on purpose, but we do it subconsciously sometimes. Because somebody always brings something, I've got, I've got something I'm gonna tell them today. I've got a situation... You can take that off the screen. I like it. Hold on. Let me have one more glance at it, bro. One more glance. 
I'm going to the dump this week. I just, I love dropping all my junk off, getting it out of my house, my yard and stuff. So it says, give and it. What is it, church? It's whatever you determine. It's whatever you and I determine. Give and it will be given back. Press down. It'll be given back to you. It says, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured back. This week, I want to challenge us. This week, let's do our best to load up. To load up with, 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 with love. What are you filled with? With peace. What are you filled with? Kindness gentleness. Dana told me the other day, it was in a conversation, so you know what kind of conversation it was. She says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. I said, really? It's true. Gentleness, kindness, self-control. When everybody's out of control, you know what the church ought to be? In control of ourselves. And it's not even really self-control. It's spirit-controlled. It's spirit-led. It's not even about being self-controlled. Because if I could control myself, but it's allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me how to live and how to walk. I want to pray for us this morning because I believe with everything that's inside of me that we are, we're the factor. We're the factor in this world. We make a difference in our, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. We make a difference in our families. We make a difference. Or we show up with, uh, what are you showing up with? You showing up with a bucket of water, a bucket of gas. Are you showing up with the match? Because somebody's going to show up and try to get something started because it just happens. Let's show up with life-giving water, living water. Let's pray.